This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Uh, Patrick, okay, uh, where does last night's exorcism of of Yankees uh, history rank among great Twins victories over the last twenty years? I did. I was I was wondering originally if uh, seven runs. When the last time the Twins had a seven run inning against the Yankees, and then they hit another home run to make it nine, and then yeah. it's, it's the it's the biggest. Uh, <laughs> inning in the history, at least in Yankee Stadium, and I'm sure they never had a bigger one at uh, any of their ballparks here. So uh, it was uh, it was amazing to watch. And we and once again, we discovered what a bandbox that place was, too. I mean, that uh, uh, congratulations to Eddie Julian on his first home run, but that was a pop-up. And then uh, the, the Correa's wasn't exactly a rocket in right center. That was amazing because that ball was way in right center and it still went out. Yeah. It's uh, it is uh, you know Judd Judd should have an aster Judd should have an asterisk by his home run total last year. That play that ballpark is just cheap beyond belief. That said, they uh, they they didn't wait long for uh, this kid uh, Brito's. Uh, he 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 hung everything his changeup his curveball everything and they killed it so. I, I think everybody got a lift when Correa and Buxton were both in the lineup. Thank except you. Except me, because I had a mini heart attack when I saw they did that. I was so shocked that Rocco had those two guys in the lineup. What's, what and, is happening uh, here? So we, we're, we're rushing guys back from injury, which is great. Yes. And starting pitchers are allowed to go yes. gasp seven <laughs> innings seven this year innings. for the Twins. Seven it's innings. happened multiple times. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, Rocco's defense is he's got good pitchers thrown well, <laughs> you know, as opposed to what he had in the past. So, yeah. anyway. But, but bringing Buxton back, he, he has now, Pat, brought Buxton back after, in air quotes, injuries twice. This yes. is a different Rocco. This is a Rocco who might say, you know what, it's baseball. I can play. You know, uh, he probably leaves it up to Buxton instead of him, you know, and his uh, – his, uh, Maybe they, they, maybe the one thing the new trainer has with they fired uh, Salazar is uh, he's not as cautious, perhaps. Yeah, hell, we'll, if something happens, we'll fix him. Maybe maybe he's got that attitude. I don't know. Although you can take comfort in the fact that they brought up Louis Varland to pitch today, so Maeda could get an extra day. So uh, that's uh, but, but I think the way Maeda's throwing the ball, that's not a bad idea because there isn't much life on those pitches right now. Yeah. And not even that's a bad idea. But uh, 
You know, the, you know the other the other team is struggling with their chucking when Michael A. Taylor goes deep twice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how about uh, that? Yeah, but, you know, give him credit. He plays every day. Yeah. You never have to worry about who's going to be in center field. He's been hitting eighth or ninth and played every game, right? Amen. And we never we never hear about the need to give him a day off, and uh, that's that's good. Pat, so. there's a great Twitter account called Would It Dong. And it's basically, it's an automated Twitter account robot that takes home runs and puts it, would this be a home run in any other ballpark? So Carlos yes. Correa's bomb would be a home run at Yankee Stadium and nowhere else yesterday. <laughs> Julian's home run would be a home run in only 11 out of 30 uh, ballparks yesterday. Taylor's uh, first home run would only be a, a home run in 13 out of 30 ballparks yesterday. <laughs> Uh, but they did. Uh, Taylor went straight away, straight away on one of those. Yes, too, right? yeah, that one, one was, was, was good. That yep. one would have been anywhere, yes. probably. Yes. But uh, God, it's what? What were they thinking? It's you know, out in Chanhassen, they built the new baseball softball complex, and the guys when they were building the softball complex, they said, "Okay, these are the dimensions." You know, well, the guy building it built it, measured it uh, from, he he measured it from the grandstand, the grandstand. So everything's like 20 feet short. That's like Yankee Stadium. Did they lay this out and then, (laughs) did they lay this out and then say, oh God, we screwed up. We built this, you know, it was supposed to be another 15 feet back. But But anyway, it was fun. It was fun to watch. And then, then Joe Ryan's just, you know, dealing, and he didn't even look like he was grunting on his fastball last night when he had that lead, did he? Just kind of letting it go and uh, threw a lot of fastballs, made Aaron Judge look terrible. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know if it if it, if it uh, exercised, uh, excised a lot of demons, but it certainly was, uh, it certainly was not what you expected when the Twins started, when the Twins with the issues they have injury-wise, started a four-game series in Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah. What was so, the staff, by the way? Three and – what have they been in there the last three? I mean, it's – Oh, man. It's incredible. I think, in well, the overall, they're like 39-110 and 110 against the Yankees yeah. over the last yeah. 20 years, 22 years <laughs> yeah, or something. I think Michael yeah, Kay said like three wins since 2017, I think, at Yankee Stadium or something. It was bad. Declan, wasn't it fun listening to Michael Cage oh. and the guy last night? Because they don't like say, you know, they're saying, "Boy, this is terrible." Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not trying to rescue the franchise from a humiliating defeat. They had thirty nine thousand announced yeah. attendance there last night to watch that fiasco, and and the way that somebody was saying the way the games are going now. Everybody gets to Yankee Stadium two two innings late. They walked in and said, "Oh, game over," Goodbye. and they left. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, how about Paul O'Neill not knowing that Billy Martin coached uh, was the manager for the Twins? Too. The Twins, yes. That that was uh, that gave me some good Twitter material when he said it. He managed the Twins. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, that was his first job, Paul. You know, that's the first managing job before he. And then he said he had a short shelf life. Well, he didn't have a short shelf life with the Yankees. He had six short shelf lives with the Yankees. Yeah, he had multiple <laughs> shelves, multiple <laughs> shelves. Yes. Six times, six times. 
Anyway, it was fun. It was uh, it was uh, it was interesting to uh, watch, to say the least. Yeah. Well, so okay, Michael Taylor. I don't I don't think he's gonna you know hit thirty home runs this year, but he's one of the better defensive center fielders. He's holding his own early on with the bat, right? Uh, Buxton's playing and playing pretty well at DH. I mean, what do you think? Do you think they just kind of keep him at DH until they I need to put him in the outfield? What do you think happens? I don't think they're going to put him back in the center field this year. If Taylor keeps playing and he doesn't get hurt and wow. and Buxton's able to play five, six days a week, you know, they'll probably just let him DH. It's not like wow. – it's not like other DHs are pounding on the door saying, "Let me, uh, let me go here." What do you think? I mean, you, I just I don't know shift. if you can just like sunset his whole outfield career at this point. But yes. if it if if it's hey, if he's going to DH, he's going to be in there 135, 140 games yeah. versus the risk of putting him out. And I mean, look, I mean, you're letting him run the bases and he collides with a second baseman. Yeah, so. yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I I just think that uh, you know they're gonna. Take uh, right now. This is working, so they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna mess with it. But uh, yeah, Emma, we. I think we've all agreed that half of his value is the way he plays center field, and so. But I, I haven't seen a lot of plays that I thought he would have made that Taylor didn't make. Now I haven't watched every inning of every game, but Taylor makes. Taylor made Taylor's ten percent better than most center fielders. Or, mm-hmm. 50% or whatever, and Buxton's 50% better than they are. So. Could you do? I wonder if you could do what they did 10 years ago when they had multiple center fielders and Denard Spann had some injury issues, right? Could yeah. you? Would, I, well, as I say this, it's probably more dangerous for Buxton to play a corner spot. He would cover oh, yeah, less yeah. ground, but but he'd Keep be running into the wall in fall territory. <laughs> that, seriously, it's right though. Yeah. Don't make him make spontaneous decisions in right. the outfield. Let's just you want to get him out there where he can run full speed. Yeah, and uh, and just say, don't hit the wall, please. But yeah, although keep him as far whole, away from walls as possible. <laughs> Center field is the place. There's to this do whole Bill. Were you down there that year in spring training? When the first game of the year, like the second inning, he ran 120 miles an hour into the board, into the center field. <laughs> what, what are you doing? It's the first <laughs> exhibition game. You know, and he, yeah. he plays like he's durable. That's his problem. He plays like he plays the game like he doesn't yes. get hurt. And it's like, yes. dude, no one gets hurt as much as you. Yeah, but but the funny thing is, he was a superstar running back in high school football. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody at the SEC wanted him. He was yeah. fantastic. And he had to be a lot skinnier then, too, right? But I guess nobody ever tackled him because he ran away from him. That's what but, I was going to say. He probably didn't get hit back then. Yeah, but uh, I know Kelly, when I was out seeing Kelly a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, this other guy's pretty good, but he said, I've never seen anything like him. Bucks, you know, Buxton going in the gaps. And he says, I miss that. I miss seeing Buxton going in the gaps. We all do, but they, he he looks like a much better hitter this year than he was last year too. Last year he hit all the home runs, but he batted two eighteen and struck out all the time. Yeah. This year yeah. he's uh, not not nearly as uh, inept at the at the plate. So uh, I he guess he's some walks too. Getting out. I mean, just I feel like he was he had it was almost like an ego or pride thing. He didn't like to draw walks for a long time yeah. in his career, right? But. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah, yeah. Tory Hunter was the same way too. He he just wanted to swing at everything, you know. Hey, this Julian kid, uh, that you know, he had two hits in the first inning yesterday, and you know, cheap home run and a and a. But he the other one, a 
hit the wall in right field. Uh, have you looked at his on-base percentages? Unbelievable. They're yeah. all way over 400. Yeah, he's uh-huh. he's uh he's a uh, that's why they're and the one ball risky ball they hit to him yesterday he actually caught it was uh <laughs> it looked a little iffy but he did kind of backhand it and catch it and look and then throw the guy out but he's uh, he's not much of a second baseman or not much of a second baseman but who cares he could be the long awaited leadoff hitter right. Well, if he's going to if he's going to get down base and yeah. So then, then, but if he's your starting second baseman, then what do we do with Jorge? You know, so too many good infielders who needed Louie, who cares if he's hitting 500? (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I mean, so they, I'm just trying to, uh, this Julian, he was an 18th round draft pick by the Twins they gave back him in 2019. I, I wrote about him. They gave him 493,000 to sign as an 18th rounder. He he only was an 18th rounder because by some quirk, he was eligible for the draft after his sophomore season, which means he could argue, you know, when you go back into the draft after you're a senior, there's you have no options, but he yeah. could – he could go in as a junior, and he's told everybody he wanted $500,000 or he's going to go back to Auburn. So everybody stayed away from him. And finally, the Twins, like they always do, saved a lot of money with their top 10 guys. So they, uh, that, that the most they could scrounge up was 493 and they gave it to him. Yeah. So and, and then a month later, he's playing for Canada in the uh, Pan Am Games and blows out his elbow and has Tommy John surgery and misses the 220. He missed season. the COVID, the COVID season anyway. Yeah. I asked probably how puckered up they were after that happened. Yeah. It happens in baseball. I said, you can't convince me you gave 493 to an 18th rounder and he gets a Tommy John immediately that you aren't a little shook up. Right. Yeah. So, so you mentioned his on base percentages. So he has played in the minor leagues and most of this is, He's he, he his only games at Triple A are the nine games he's played this year. So most of this is Double A and High A. Uh, he's played uh, two hundred thirty four career games, a thousand plate appearances in the minor yep. leagues. He has a four thirty seven on base percentage, yeah. over a thousand plate wow. appearances. That's insane. Yeah, it is. he will draw some walks. That's for sure. That's uh, they say. I asked him. I said, "Is that is he one reason you were willing to trade a rise?" And he said. Well, you know, Royce Lewis, blah, blah, blah. And I said, come on. You know, Royce Lewis. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I think that they, uh, I think they had, they they were dazzled by him at Wichita last year. So they were ready to put him in a lineup, I think. But now yeah. we'll see. Your desire for Falvey to tell you the truth is admirable. <laughs> it ain't happening. Come on, guys. Yeah, but, but the thing about him is you can, you can argue with him. You know, he won't get to the other guys or just, you know, just blow you off completely. I mean, Garrett, I think, can tell you the truth. But uh, yeah. but the the other GMs in town aren't going to. Tim Conley can't, Conley, so can't even that? find him. Uh, you know, he's out there uh, creating an elite uh, organization. So uh, what do you think tonight, fellas? Uh, most everybody thinks they're going to win, huh? You know, I'm not sure. Well, I wouldn't. I guess I, I, here's where I'm at with this. I think. Both outcomes are great for the Timberwolves. Yes, right. If they win, 
they get to go play the Nuggets, who are they're a one seed, but not really, yeah. you know. And uh, and they might be they able to. Win a, they can win a game or two against them. Absolutely, they they go go play six games. Get Anthony Edwards a little more postseason experience, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. at least get to the point that you were last year. Go go yeah. six games against a good team, and all right, and then you reevaluate. And if they lose. Well, maybe it starts some fireworks this off season, and you know, maybe it, maybe there's a Gobert trade, or I think if they lose, it just leads to a lot of fun speculation about what might happen in July. How about the new lingo, though? The new narrative now is, hey, everything's fine, and Rudy wouldn't have played anyway because he no. had a bad back. They're so full of horse crap, and they love us to believe everything they tell us. This is the new, ah, eh, well, you know, this is. That's all you hear on the broadcast now is, uh, is uh, I don't know who does the game tonight. It's national, right? So we don't get to hear. Uh, Jim it's it's ES, ESPN, right? I think yeah, tonight's yeah. Friday but, night. Yeah. Uh, but the new narrative is Rudy wouldn't have played anyway, and he said that. And so what happens? He get booed? Does he get booed when he comes off the bench tonight? No, he, he apologized. I yeah, he apologized. I, I think he gets cheers. I think we're all like, you know, it's all if he, forgiven. If yeah, he gets fine. cheered. If he gets cheered tonight, then this is, as you guys have been pointing out, and I have to some degree, we have an entirely new sports audience in the Twin Cities. They don't like 77-year-old cranky SOBs <laughs> who are telling them the truth. They don't or the truth is well, we shit. They wanna they want they want us to like our teams. We it's you know. Part of fandom is being mad, right? Part of fandom is being mad. Nobody wants to be mad anymore. Yeah. So I think there's I think there's a group like there's a, there's a group of Timberwolves fans that they just have decided, you know what? It's been thirty four years of muck <laughs> and we're just gonna be happy and positive. Yeah, right. And, and, and it, it's like the, the fan I will say this, the Timberwolves fans have been great this year in that oh, arena. It's been amazing in attendance. And I was having this thought. Okay, I got I got to write tonight. I got to write. You know, eight thirty tip off. So you got you won't even have to. You know, you can't wait to even see what's happening. Eight eight forty five tip off. And I was thinking, okay, bash ahead of them. And then I had, you know, this has been one of the most interesting seasons they've ever had. And you know, not you know, wins and losses, fifty fifty. But yeah. this is. Incredibly more interesting than most of their seasons because the unpredictability of what, you know, I was absolutely convinced they were going to lay down against the Lakers and then they ended up, they were going to be heroes and then they kicked it away anyway. But it's it, that season, that game was the season, don't you think? It's like, yes. Hey, we're good. Yep. No, we stink. No, we're not. We, yep. we, 100%. We, we're either good or we stink. We don't know which it is, you know. Yep. And we uh, still don't. We still no, don't. We don't. They don't go away. They're cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, uh, it's uh, It's been way more, you know, way more interesting than uh, the 14 years in the wilderness where they, about 10 or 11 of those, they lost 55 or whatever yeah. it was. The the amazing thing about this team, and this is what where people kind of you know when they write the Timberwolves off, they actually have one of the best records in the Western. I think it's like the third best record against above five hundred teams in the yeah. Western Conference, <laughs> and they have ten losses to teams fighting for the number one overall pick. If they yeah. instead of five and ten in those games, yeah. if they were ten and five, 
They wouldn't have had to play the Lakers the other day in a play-in. They, Rudy could have rested his back spasms. Yes. They're probably not punching each other in the final game of the season, right? They're just no. they're not punching a wall in the final game of the season. That's uh, that no, is. I mean that that's stupid. That's that is a real disaster for this team not having him. You know, guard people, yes. McDaniel. I, I mean, mean, couldn't you just throw a cast on it and <laughs> yeah. run him out there? Hey. 19, okay, this isn't exactly recent. Louis Hudson, Archie Clark, and Don Yates in a great basketball and the Gopher basketball team did not have any black guys still. Louis Hudson and Archie Clark and he came in as freshmen when they weren't eligible in 61 or two, something like that. There were more people going to watch the freshmen that year than were watching. They have freshman games and watch. But Louis Hudson was the greatest Gopher ever probably, but he broke his shooting hand in like the sixth or seventh game of the year. He played left-handed the rest of the season <laughs> and average, average maybe 16 or 17 instead of 25. Wow. And he played left-handed. So Let's uh, go. We don't even need Jay McDaniels to shoot, right? Just no, go no, out there. Just, 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 just stand, stand in front of Shea Gilgis Alexander all night. Really. Yes, Royce, yes. Royce, here's the column. Pre-game, you need to go in the tunnel and yes. and find out exactly where that curtain is in relation to the wall, yes. so we yes. know if this leak is pure BS or just partial BS. I am going to go. That's a very good idea. I'm going to go inspect the tunnel and see how she looks. <laughs> Tuck the uh, curtain. <laughs> you know they should have a what did they, they famously who was remember the guy and was it spring training or someplace where he ran into the wall in Clearwater. And they did an outline of they, somebody, his team, his teammate, yeah, Butch Husky here, yeah. They went did that. They should have a they should have an outline of the fist on the on the, on the curtain, punch. right? There's a wall behind this curtain. Yeah. <laughs> be a warning sign. Yes, that's true. Amazing. Uh, how about our raise, man? Thirteen and all. The Reds. You see this Red Sox lineup? Unbelievable. Well, so I just uh, uh, well, here's what they're doing apparently. So Jared Jared Carabas, who's he was barstool baseball guy, now he's at I think DraftKings, big big Boston sports guy, and he just tweeted, "I hope Shohei Otani is enjoying Boston today." Oh really? I oh, think that's what it. Red Sox fans want. That hey, they've oh. they're, they've they're like the 14th payroll now instead of number two, and they're doing yeah. it to clear room for you know 50 million dollars a year for Shohei Otani. I think that's what they want. Well, I texted Shaughnessy last yesterday and said, Do you th- "Did you ever think Red Sox Nation would be jealous of the Rays, you know, with their fanatical fan base?" And he called it the worst lineup of his lifetime. Yeah, and he's almost seventy, so I don't think it's that wow. bad. But it is awful. Now they got some guys hurt too, but Devers, Devers, and nobody—it's it's incredible. Yeah, the uh, Twins are the kings of Fort Myers. Uh, right yeah, that's, <laughs> I think Boston. I think Boston's had enough over the past twenty years. Yes, they can, they, they can they take a minute a, here. They have had enough, but uh, right. thirteen and zero, baby. I I was watching them for a minute last yesterday. They're behind three to one in the fifth, and ten minutes later they're ahead eight to three. Fifty-four million dollar payroll. Fifty-four million dollar payroll. Yeah. Amazing. All right, Jets. So, all right, Have Pat. We'll, uh, we'll recap uh, Twins-Yankees with you on Monday. See you. Okay. See you. See Goodbye. You. All right. There he is. Uh, Patrick Royce. Royce Unchained here on Score North.